0: Welcome to Satellite Sisters. I'm Leanne Dolan here at the Wondery Sunset Studio. I'm a writer and producer in Los Angeles, and I am the youngest sister. If you're listening,
1: we know you're out there. I'm the youngest sister. (laughs) You just want the youngest sisters to band together? Okay. I'm Liz Dolan. I'm a middle sister. There are many middle sisters. I just happen to be one of them. Uh, I'm also here in the Wendry Sunset Studios on Sunset Boulevard in West Hollywood. I live in Santa Monica and I am a marketeer. I'm
2: Julie Dolan. I am clearly the oldest sister and oldest sisters you know what that means. So uh, I'm in Dallas, Texas coming to you from my closet. i record the show in the closet because the sound is better but at this moment my dog Oliver is wandering around in the house which is really not such a good idea so
1: <laughs> he's just loose out there the puppy's he's loose. Loose. He's Puppy loose, on the loose which is a
2: first so this is a first for the podcast to just not have Oliver um, all buttoned up for the show but I'm gonna give it a go so if you hear a little tension in my voice that's what it is.
1: Okay, well, I know there's a lot to talk about today, but in Los Angeles, if you were in Los Angeles this weekend, you literally would have thought the only thing happening in the whole world... Was the opening of Star Wars: Galaxy's <laughs> Edge land at Disneyland? <laughs> Leon, am I right? Like in every single section every of section. the paper, there had an excuse to write about the new Star Wars land. In uh, every local news, they had people there. Like I was, re- some of it does sound fun. It sounds sure. Like it has oh a- yeah
2: for Star Wars. Fa- Star Wars fans, I think it's going to be great. It doesn't seem like it should be wall-to-wall news coverage, though. <laughs> just, on. just saying. It's important
1: that we have that we know that Olga's canteen. Is the happiest place at Disneyland Star Wars. So it's the first place they have at Disneyland now selling alcohol and first bar ever to serve interplanetary cocktails, Julie. <laughs> so you can go there and <laughs> buy <laughs> Jabba Juice, which includes boba that employees refer to as frog eggs, and Yubnub. Like the lyrics of that Ewok song, well, that I'm completely completely unfamiliar with. Liz, (laughs) Liz, you
2: went in deep on this topic. Yeah, Yeah.
1: no, it it was the only thing on the news this weekend, Julie, so I'm glad we have many other things to talk about. We
0: do. I mean, one of the reasons my intro was so careful is because we got a very funny post at the Facebook group from a new listener who said, I don't know who's who, what's happening, yes. who are these people? Mm-hmm. So it's a good reminder. We're going to go through that in a second. Julie, you were back in Brooklyn this weekend. People mm-hmm. really want to know how Will is, how the family is. So you're going to give us an update on that. I will indeed. Okay. Yeah. I'm just now like, what else are we doing this week? We've got a lot going on. Oh, I watched the Women's U.S. Open, the golf championships. It was it was riveting, Liz. I'm gonna. I still
1: can't believe you watch golf on TV. Come on, that, that disappoints me. When there's me. tennis
2: on TV, why watch golf? We I watch mean, both
0: because really. the tennis is on on the West Coast
1: at five a.m., so we can
0: watch the tennis. No, that did,
2: that... Okay. <laughs> okay. All right,
0: we are going to talk about that hiker who was lost in Maui for seventeen days.
1: Yeah, I can't believe we never had time to talk yeah. about this, but we must discuss.
0: All right, Julie. We hope to get to some Tuesday trends today. And then yes, indeed. Last week, uh, Liz and I went to the Fosse Verdon panel here. (laughs) Again, people had a hard time understanding that. We're going to talk about that. Uh, But we were able to see the cast and the producers of that show. We have uh, some back behind the scenes info on that. And then this is huge. We've been promoting, teasing a cheese boarding contest. It is National Cheese Day today. (laughs)
2: What a perfect day
0: to announce our I'd rather be cheese boarding photo contest! So stay tuned for all the details because when you hear the prize, you are not
1: going to believe the you're, details, you're
0: going to scream out loud like we did when we heard about the prize.
1: <laughs> so, okay, I do want to jump in before we get to serious news about some of the alerts that we've gotten about our own performance here on the show. (laughs) Uh, The first is Amy, who is a new listener. Welcome to the Satellite Sister. Welcome, Amy. Amy.
0: Yay. We're happy to have you on
1: board, Amy. She said, I'm so confused. How can you tell which Satellite Sister is which? I can tell the Urban Nana. Is that Julie? Because the sound is a little different from her closet, which I love. Liz and Leon sound just the same to me. She admits she's a Southerner. So I guess all of us Northeasterners sound the same to you, Amy. That's cool. Uh, So I'm not sure which one is Gen X like me. Okay, that's Leon. Leon. Which one had her house painted gray blue? Leon. And is hosting the party? Leon. Which one is married? Leon. (laughs) Which one is not? That would be me, Liz. And which one is going to the reunion? Clearly not the Gen X one. Exactly, Amy. That's me, Liz. But, you know, we used to provide more clues. Like back in our radio days, Amy, you may not even know that back in the day we were on the radio three hours a day, six days a week live. And we did get into the habit of either calling each other by name Or kind of reintroducing ourselves frequently because they teach you to do that on the radio because people are tuning in in the middle. In the podcast, people don't tune in in the middle, so I think we just got out of the habit of doing it. But maybe we should start doing it some more, sisters. What do you think? Well, we, we this, should. This is
2: Julie, and I think it's a good idea. <laughs> this is
0: Lian, and it started to annoy me on the radio, but I understand the need for it. Yes, like it's it's not elegant to self-identify, but it is helpful. Yes, it's so that's helpful. good. What I appreciated on that post was all the other listeners describing how they how dis- they tell. <laughs> to I'm looking it.
1: at the comments; they're <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> Yet another reason to be part of the Satellite Sisters Facebook group because they're, yeah, people really tried to be very helpful. I like the person
0: that said, well, if someone says, and that's just stupid, that's Liam." So,
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, that is
0: correct.
2: That is correct. 100%. And it's Julie. Yeah.
0: And I think one way you can distinguish Liz and I apart, and we do have similar voices. Yeah. Yes. Um, Liz talks faster than I do. And I don't say that, it just she does. No, Sometimes it's true. she talks so fast she doesn't even end her sentences, Amy, before she moves on to the next mm-hmm. sentence. Mm-hmm. So we've been trying to work on that for 20 years, but she's still doing it, <laughs> still doing it. Well, uh, we're glad you're here and we will be more mindful of self-identifying and yeah. filling in some of the backstory because it's great to have new listeners and we just need to remind ourselves of that.
1: We're super happy to have so many new listeners. So thank you for that reminder. The other audio alert we got we got last week is I had been talking about Fossy Verdon, the TV show on FX. Leon, you and I have both been watching this and loving this. And we were going off to a Fossey Verdon event this week, which we're going to tell you about. But apparently many of you were not familiar with the TV show. So Moira... Um, Assumed we were saying, I was listening to this week's podcast while I was walking on the beach. The waves were crashing and the wind was blowing when Liz said she was obsessing over a new show on TV. So I heard she was really into fussy virgin. <laughs> <laughs> Which is really funny. Yes. It's so funny. <laughs> and I thought, hmm, I have never heard of that one. It must be new and about a virgin who is very picky. I realized later she was <laughs> saying fussy virgin. So Susie chimed in with a comment, great name for a book title or band name. <laughs> yes. And then Beth, Beth chimed in and said, makes note in journal, title of autobiography. So feel free. <laughs> Beth, if you publish a biography called Fussy Virgin, we, we are buying it. But thank you for the reminders that sometimes, again, we, we take a little bit for granted. We're, I'm talking fast. <laughs> <laughs> Fussy Verdon, more to come on that.
2: Well, you know, as long as this is Julie and as long as we are thanking our listeners, I do want to thank all the listeners uh, who posted at our Facebook group uh, about my son, Will. As I mentioned two weeks ago, my son, Will, who is a grown man living in Brooklyn, father of two young children, uh, came down, contracted a virus Called the Guillain-Barré syndrome, and this is it is it start. They don't even really know how this starts, but it starts usually with a cold virus that triggers your autoimmune system, and then your autoimmune system goes haywire and attacks the nerve endings in your in your body, and it leads to paralysis, mo- loss of mo- strength, motor coordination, and that's exactly what happened to my son Will. Uh, Fortunately, he got his diagnosis early and he was able to receive treatment early. But I just appreciate the comments from Patricia and Susan. Marie was right. This is such a rare disease. I think last time I referenced it, I thought it was something like that was on the TV show House. Mm -hmm. But Marie said it was also on the soap opera As the World Turns 30 years ago. You know, it's just... Not that common. But Lynn wrote that her brother contracted this disease when he was a baby, which oh. is really extremely rare. The most likely people to contract this syndrome are are young male, ma- ma- young male adults. So mm-hmm. for as a baby, it's very serious. Andy wrote to us and she contracted it after she got the flu shot. Now, I don't want people not to get their flu shots but I was talking to my son Will about this, and indeed this is a rare the Guillain Barre syndrome is a rare side effect from flu shots. Huh. Oh this, wow. it, it's very unusual, but it does happen. It is not a reason not to get a flu shot. I am not a medical doctor. Um, but that you know, that is the case. So but we, two weeks on, my you know my son has been uh, discharged from the hospital. He's been home for over a week, and he's doing physical uh, therapy. But the the word from his doctor and the physical therapist is, you have to try to resume your normal level of activity, which. When they said that, I just thought, uh oh, that's trouble because I feel like my son has kind of an extreme life. You know, he's with he's they're working parents, they have two young children, they're you know, they have these busy jobs, it's very intense and competitive, you know. So their level of normal is probably not that level of normal for most people. But I would say Will when we saw Will this weekend, he's at about seventy five percent. Oh, that's not um, bad. So it's not bad. I mean, this is because he was he had a very mild case. Hmm. That's what they said. Even though, of course, this week he told me that the lack of feeling wasn't um, wasn't just in his feet. It was all the way up his legs to his thighs. Of course, he didn't tell me that uh, for the five days I (laughs) sat with him in the hospital. No. But after the fact, I think it was a little more, you know, the, the syndrome had really advanced a lot more than he had let on at first. Uh, but he has to, you know, he, he can walk, his walking is better, he's much more stable, he tires easily. Um, he has use of his hands again, which he didn't have i mean this is this is a terrible, terrible yes sin- really scary, really yes, scary yes, it is it is, but i you know i took i i was telling him about some of the comments that were on our Facebook page, and I think that kind of support. Uh, and physical therapy and just really looking for very small improvements daily is, is something you have to adjust to, you Mm -hmm. know, it's not like you bounce back after, you know, you've had a cold and then, oh, I'm back. I feel better. No, it's going to take him a while, um, to feel better, um, you know, to really be at a hundred percent. Um, but you know, he's, But it's but they tell you this is not the kind of thing where even though you're tired, you should go to bed and rest. In fact, in fact, bed rest delays your recovery. Oh, really? Oh, the only way to really get better is uh, to exert yourself and put yourself out there.
1: okay. so you were there to help with that this weekend, right?
2: I was there to help this weekend. So our assignment was mainly I will. so so Will was 75 percent. Lauren, my daughter-in-law, who has been doing everything and took such good care of Will when he was in the hospital and had the two kids, she, of course, has a cold now. So Mm -hmm. she was not 100%. So our assignment was to take the four-and-a-half-year-old, Josephine, who was 110%. She felt felt great. She never felt better in her life. In fact, uh, our job was to pick her up every morning at 8 a.m., And to bring her back about 5.30 or 6 o'clock. And Mm -hmm. we could do whatever we wanted with Josephine. And I can tell you by 11 a.m. on that first Saturday morning, uh, my husband, who wears one of those Fitbits, we had already done 13,000 steps. (laughs) Uh, that's a lot yeah right. that's a lot yeah, busy we were girl and you can do you can do a lot and uh you know you gotta be on the move so we did that uh but one of the things that we employed this time we didn't stay with my son and daughter-in-law which we usually do uh but we stayed at uh, the brooklyn marriott brooklyn bridge marriott because a you can use points b it's a great location It's in Brooklyn, so it's closer to my son and daughter-in-law. You get great views of uh, the Brooklyn Bridge and of New York Harbor, and you get a big, surprisingly sort of uh, Midwestern-size hotel room, which is rare in the Yes, right. right. Yes, that is rare. And I think they have a very nice staff. But what they also have is they have a giant pool, uh, uh, which is, again, very unusual. Super rare. You don't see that in a lot of places. Right. So so we had the four four-and-a-half-year-old Josephine. And what's not to love when you're four or five about a hotel with the <laughs> elevators, the escalators, the giant high-def TV in the hotel room, <laughs> the mini-fridge? uh the electronic keys she loved using those we it's went so swimming exciting. every yes we went swimming every day they have an executive lounge that was had gummy bears in it i'm telling you this was good times at the marriott hotel you know and it it just uh it was a, it was uh so we are we did a good job on our assignment both saturday and sunday we, we took we had a delightful time with Josephine all over Brooklyn um, and all up and down the hotel as much as possible uh, so that and I think it was a help for the parents not to have to be chasing after a four and a half year old, a mm-hmm. very active one. I, hopefully that gave them some break. I also wanted to update you uh, about Evelyn. That is Josephine's younger sister. I have mentioned on a previous show, you know, I'm Urban Nana. I sort of... I pride myself in having very good relationships with all of my grandchildren. Um, Evelyn is 13 months. And when, when last I saw her, um, we were having a rough patch. I yeah. guess that would be the way to call it. Uh, she was experiencing a little stranger danger. Mm-hmm. And every time I went near her, she would scream or hold her breath or do both.
1: <laughs> That's hmm. sad, Nana. That's, that, I, must oh, I, that must
2: hurt. That must hurt. All right. But but I had a major breakthrough this weekend and I am just calling this the Nana icebreaker. Now, uh, you know, one of the first pieces of advice I got from the first pediatrician I ever had uh, when uh, my son Nick was little was never to use food as a bribe or a reward or a punishment. Mm -hmm. Lynn, did you ever have a pediatrician tell you that? Yes. 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 But you which know, which of course makes I sense. Know, it makes sense. Yes, it makes sense. But as you know, and I know, food is excellent it as, a pride, I as a reward <laughs> and as a punishment. Yeah, the best. It's, it's one of the best. <laughs> so my big icebreaker was Evelyn. It was chocolate chip pancakes. Oh wow! And I am telling you, no one, not even a very determined thirteen-month-old, can resist. <laughs> chocolate chip pancakes. Mm. So that was the big icebreaker. So that was the part that was phase 1 of my let's be friends campaign with <laughs> Evelyn was okay, the the chocolate chip pancakes, I was the source of that. So she was all in on that. So that was good. Phase 2 of my campaign and this is something Liz you're the big marketer. Mm-hmm. I need some help on this, but I believe that there should be a whole line of Urban Nana Um, accessories, uh, because what is, again, very irresistible to young children is something sparkly. And so I deliberately had a special necklace on, but I think you could do it in pins, bracelet, rings, something so irresistible. That while she's happy with the chocolate chip pancakes, she's also can check out my necklace that was very special. Again, it brings us closer together. It's breaking down, <laughs> breaking down barriers. We're we're building our friendship all around. And then the final thing is something fun. I believe all Nanas should, you know, have a bag and you should pull out something fun out of your bag sure. uh, every time you come. It doesn't yeah. have to be large, it doesn't have to be big. But it should be fun, and this time I had the perfect thing. Uh, there is a toy manufacturer called B. That's the capital B, B Toys, uh, and they have uh, B Fun Keys. Now these look like car keys, but they're for kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they, but this is nice. It has a little key fob with a light. It makes different sounds, and the keys are very realistic. Home run. Home run with that. Nice. (laughs) That was it. Three-point plan, let's be friends (laughs) campaign, the icebreaker, something sparkly, and something fun. Evelyn and I, well, we're we're off to a beautiful relationship. I'm glad you've turned that
1: around, Julie, because that was obviously, you know, undermining your confidence
2: in your neighborhood. I mean, it's natural. It happens. Mm -hmm. And I think for many grandparents who don't see their grandchildren on a on a daily or weekly basis, trying to build long, you know, long distance relationships can be difficult. I mean, Skype is great for that. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, but I, you know. (laughs) But you do have to I think you need a campaign when you yeah. go in uh, to visit your grandchildren. Yeah. Three prongs, as yeah. Sheila
1: would say. You need the three prongs and you can't do chocolate chip pancakes over Skype. No, you cannot. No chance. <laughs> Colin loved
0: those. He loved those. I made See? them for years. I know. Yep.
2: Yep. But again, I repeat, never use food as a <laughs> bribe or reward.
0: <laughs> Everyone
1: knows that's wrong.
0: I feel like it shouldn't be a punishment, but it should absolutely be a bribe and a reward. Yes, I, I don't feel like you should punish. with no I, no, I don't think I, that's I, healthy. I,
2: I, don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I I, again, I don't think grandparents should be in the punishment business. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Period. Yeah. All right. Here we go. We want to thank
0: um, some of our sponsors for this week's Satellite Sisters podcast. And you get free samples in every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Osea is spelled O-S-E-A. So head on over to oseamalibu.com and use code Sisters for 10% off. Thanks, Osea. All right, you guys, just want to mention uh, the U.S. <laughs> Open, <laughs> the
1: Gulf. Gulf. I, I can't believe we're talking about golf again, okay. but, okay, you were very uh, excited kind of to bored share already, this. I'm already, <laughs> so
0: you better talk fast. First of all, these women are great athletes. Yes, no uh, doubt. It, it is an intense sport. They're out there for a long time, and they look fantastic. And they, here's, mm-hmm. you know, the men are not allowed to wear shorts, but the women can wear the shorts and the short skirts. And mm-hmm. you notice something. They have incredibly great tan legs. That's <laughs> all I'm going to say. Like, you go, oh, those are great-looking athletes out there. <laughs> you know, and they make, it's not, they don't hit the monster
1: 350-foot. Uh, you know,
0: the yeah. uh, drives. But it's 275 feet. It's not like normal. Like my... 12 feet. See, I, because you
1: play golf, so yeah. you appreciate uh, it. I don't play golf, so I think I just don't quite appreciate how great what they're doing is. Yeah. So, but I trust your judgment on this. Your well, yeah. Sunday
0: Sunday list, six women tied for the lead. So that's
1: exciting. Going, uh, yeah, yeah, that's always exciting oh. in any competition.
0: But the women who won, and this is this is not a golf story. This is a name story. This mm. is a story I wish I had thought of this many, many years ago. Okay? Oh, wow. She's a young 23-year-old woman from Korea. Korea a lot of Korean women, they're... Great on the golf course. I mean, they've won a lot of LPGA tournaments here, the U.S. Open. So she is new on the scene. This is her first major. Uh, Her name is Jung Lee Six. Okay. Her last name is Lee, L-E-E, and the numeral six. Now, I'm watching this, and I'm like, what's happening? Is that a typo? (laughs) What is happening? She's new. I haven't seen her name. Yeah. I'm actually quite familiar with the top women's golfers now. So I Google her. Apparently, at, on the Korean LPGA, there were already five other women named Jung Lee. Oh. So oh. she just added the number six to her last name. How boss is that? That is boss. <laughs> I'm, I'm her new, a, I'm her a, new biggest that's fan. That's
2: like an email address Lee or six. something. Yes. It's yes. in the headline.
0: I'm like, why did I just not my, call myself eight? I mean, I'm the eighth Dolan. I have been... Having my name butchered for years. Yes. I
1: just could have been 8 Dolan. Do you want us to start calling you that? We can do that. <laughs> it's going to confuse Do you want the, the numeral 8 th- or do you want 8? E-I-G-H-T. <laughs> you got to go with the numeral. How great does that it look? It Looks cool. I know. Yeah, yeah, it does look <laughs> I cool. Mean, it's not
2: going to be very nice on a monogram. I Liam. don't care how anymore. I'm going to do that. Huh?
0: I don't care. I <laughs> would rather have anyone pronounce my name right <laughs> than monogram everybody towels. Everybody knows
1: how to pronounce
0: eight. Yeah, everybody does. Especially if it's the number eight. Yes. It's not even confusing in a foreign language. Mm-hmm. Everybody can read your name. And yes. So, uh, so, and then, so I like. Okay, it. that's genius. Lee really six. I like it. It's great. <laughs> And then she said her goal was to win the tournament. So this is what she said. So modest goals, you know. Uh-huh. Uh she said, if I eat the t- if I win the tournament, it was a million dollar prize money. It's a lot of money. Uh I can eat ramen. She said, and if I finish in the top five, I can buy shoes. So now I can buy shoes and eat ramen. So that
2: <laughs> Yes! simply leads. Lisa you know that's a that's a good insight about for a lot of the athletes that go on these professional right. tours. We hear about the big the big winners and everything, but for most most of them, it costs them money to go mm-hmm. on a uh, professional tour yes. initially and. In until they start winning. Yeah. yeah, she
0: actually has a very compelling personal story. Her father, who was a truck driver, was paralyzed in a, in an accident. Uh-huh. So she she didn't, you know, golf was very expensive for her family. Right. So this is a huge accomplishment. And you know, okay. she just wants the ramen and the shoes. But Lee Six, go for it. Just watch I would like it. to
1: note that she is using food as a reward <laughs> and it seems to be working out pretty well for her. So for all you pediatricians still giving that advice, I'd take a look at Lee six. She just played slow and steady, Liz. All those other women dropped off, but not least six. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, golf is so exciting. See, you're psyched now. I am convinced. You're psyched.
0: Well, now I have someone to root for, which is important in any
1: competition. Okay, that's the good news. Here's the bad news. Not that women need any more bad medical news, but I saw this story in the paper the other day, and I was like, seriously, people? (laughs) Seriously? So we've talked before about how in a lot of Clinical research that, uh, that they do in the medical field, women are not adic- adequately represented among the, the people in the trials. Uh, a lot of drugs, especially back in the day, only got tested on men, and then they would just assume,, eh, they'll work well enough for women. So they've started to change that, but this article takes it even further. Do you know that they were even in the animal phases of the studies, sisters? This is Liz speaking. They were not even studying female mice. Like, how hard is that? They were doing all all of the testing just on male mice. Why? Here's why. This is the part that really made me mad. It's because they decided, quote, females are so complicated, we'll just leave them out of the study. And there was this assumption that males are always the standard and that women had all these crazy <laughs> hormones. And so we, we, it, we should just not study them because it just complicates all the research. It just makes it messy. So, uh, yeah, we were just too messy to study. So this started back in the Victorian era. The idea that women were inferior to men was replaced by the notion that women were hysterical, disorganized, emotional and the hormone driven counterpoints to rational stable men so we'll just study the men and by the way the male mice you cannot tell me that male mice are rational and stable i'm just i'm just not buying that no no now. they
2: talk about rewards for food they'll they'll go for that cheese every single time <laughs>
1: right so it says that by studying males only mostly male scientists believe they could more easily identify the most basic ways the brain worked without the messiness of fluctuating female hormones, and this stereotype was so pervasive that some biomedical researchers, they still don't question why they aren't looking at female mice. Like, okay, come on, people. But here's another piece of science that has developed uh, in the more recent years, and I'll just say this to our listeners, there's no surprise here. Now they know, analyses of hundreds of neuroscience studies have now offered clear evidence disproving the idea that males are less hormonal in some cases male rodents living in groups were messier because their guess what testosterone (laughs) which essentially works on the brain just like estrogen fluctuates depending on dominance hierarchies and groups the males that were studied were hormonal emotional and messy but they did not get kicked out of the studies Hmm. so there you go it's just like I hate to depress myself by reading these stories and then sharing them with you. Here's the good news. The FDA, they've begun issuing new guidelines on all of this. It's changing. It, you know, these things are improving. I just thought this was a particularly hilarious example of things that are going on in science that it takes a long time for us even to question the kind of assumptions that set up what is used as a medical standard in the first place. So there you go. You know, I think the keywords
0: were Victorian era. <laughs> <laughs> which was really a long time ago now.
1: <laughs> yes. No. Exactly. No, quite it's a long, quite time, a long ago. time ago. Okay. Then the other thing I wanted to talk about, um, because we the last couple of weeks, even though this was much in the news, we were so busy with many other important issues. We did not have time to talk about, about Amanda Eller. And she is the hiker who was lost in the Hawaiian Forest and then found alive after 17 days. So that's an insane story. Let's. I don't know
2: any of the details of okay. that story, Liz.
1: I'm going to give you just a few of the details, Julie, because you as a hiker dra- right. dragging me into the hiking world, <laughs> I think I am going to have to talk about reviewing all of my assumptions. Uh, so here's the deal. So Amanda is a physical therapist and a yoga instructor, and she was lost in the Makawao Forest Reserve on the northern side of Maui on May 8th. So she went, get this, for a three-mile hike, which turned into a two-week fight for her Uh, life. I don't understand. Well, she went by herself. Yeah. No, let me explain. uh, Let me explain. So, yeah, because she was going for a little three-mile run, Joel. So the the reserve is more than 2,000 acres, but she went for... Like a run. And because it was only a three mile run, she left her phone in her car and her water and all of that because it was just a little out and back. But she got out and then thought, I'll just stop and I'll meditate a little bit and then I'll go back. But after meditating, okay, lesson number one, meditation kills. Uh, she, she, she got herself turned around, and she ended up being out there for 17 days. And she was only wearing a thin tank top and capri-length yoga pants. So even her wallet was in her car. So for a time, the police thought she had been abducted because she didn't take that stuff with her because she was only going to be gone a short time. So she's gone all this time. She's living in the forest, Julie, covering herself in ferns, leaves, and whatever else she could find on the ground. Some nights she just slept in the mud because that was warmer. She spent one night in the den of a wild boar. Okay. Good for you, I say. Right, like the, your survival oh instinct gosh. is pretty good. And she ate whatever she could salvage, including wild strawberry guavas, plants she could not identify, and like if a moth landed on her body, she ate it. So yeah, yeah, that's good protein. Okay, so but at first the rescue workers were looking in a very tight radius because they assumed, well, like how far could she go? So they were there were rescue workers that got out there pretty quickly. But on a whim, one day there were searchers in a helicopter. They decided to go much farther afield from where the search um, had been. So really the equivalent of 30 miles walking in these conditions, they said, even though it was only seven miles by air. And that's where she was by then out looking for a water source. She decided, I'm never going to find my way home. I just have to find water and keep myself alive there. And so that's when they saw her miraculously And she said that it had been a spiritual journey to stay alive. So this is like an insane story that you could go for just a little run and be lost for 17 days. But our modern era being what it is, um, of course, when people heard the details of this story, especially the part about the spiritual journey— Social media just started attacking her, how irresponsible she was, and they thought she was out on some, like, freaky kind of whatever, journey of discovery, when really, it was just a, a simple mistake. So I she issued a video on Monday, sort of explaining, like, I'm really sorry, the reason I left my... You know, if I went for a three-mile run that was just a mile and a half out and back, I wouldn't necessarily take my car keys and my wallet and everything with me. I mean... Okay, lesson learned, but that's why she didn't. So I feel like lesson number one, I think I already mentioned, meditation kills. Uh, <laughs>
0: potentially, potentially, she just potentially. got disoriented. Yeah, yeah. she yeah. did yeah. get disoriented.
1: Yeah. And and it was a very thick jungle. Yes, so she, we've seen Lost. <laughs> Those of us who watch Lost, they know exactly how this happened. So yeah, yeah. Okay, and then lesson number two, she said she just trusted her gut trying to find her way back to the car. Um, and so... That didn't work. So that's work. Yeah. so don't trust your gut. And lesson number three is: if you get lost and kind people come find you, there will then be this outpouring of shaming on public media for yeah. the fact that you got lost. And I was just like, can we just back off, people? A little? I mean, she says now she it was a little irresponsible not to have her phone with her, but. I think under the circumstances you can kind of understand this. Right. And the poor woman was eating moths, fighting
2: for her life, right. Sleeping I with know. wild boars. Okay. So, it, remarkable she survived. Yes. It's remarkable. And uh, anyway.
1: Yeah. So that's the story. I just felt like we needed to discuss again. Fundamental lesson: maybe the hiking that we're all doing is more deadly than we thought. I will. I will just leave no, you. No, Liz. Thought.
2: It is no. <laughs> I'm no, with you, Liz. You cannot go there without. I'm with Liz. you. <laughs> hiking is good for you. Okay. I'm oh yeah. You. Tell I, it I, to I know Amanda. I tried to slip that in at the end, but that's you can't do that, Liz.
1: I did enjoy okay. our hiking in Argentina, Julie. I, yes. Yes. Okay.
2: okay. That's what I want to hear. I want. I don't want to hear any more of that uh, negative of talk about hiking so hey it is tuesday i think we have time for one trend uh and this i want liz and Lee and i need i need your advice and guidance i need the satellite sisterhood to to tell me uh what to do but uh just just recently um i had to pay my tennis team dues it's a small amount of money and i got a notice from the captain of the tennis team that said you can just venmo me the money mm-hmm. uh and and then I had to write back and say, no, I can't because, <laughs> number one, the apocalypse is coming. Yeah. That's imminent. <laughs> and number two, the power grid is going to go down. <laughs> and number three, uh, I would lose my phone and so lose the ability to Venmo. So I am not too, so certain about these money apps. I mean, the most common of those are Venmo and Zelle Um but I know, I know that, for example, Venmo in the first quarter of 2019, 21 billion with a B dollars was sent using these uh, these apps where you can send money to mm-hmm. your friends and to people. Uh, so and it's great for paying friends, splitting meals, rides, tickets. Yeah, it's used stores. Uh, in fact, the entire country of Kenya this uh that electronic payments is now the number one way that people do um business and Mm -hmm. commerce there uh so i know i'm behind the behind (laughs) you're pretty behind Mm -hmm. yeah yeah you might be
1: a little behind on this one Mm
2: -hmm. yeah but and i feel a little social pressure you know like does that mean i have to download the app uh that I can no longer rely on dirty, clunky money. Uh, mm-hmm. But I'm not certain it's safe. And no one can tell me they're protecting my ID or they're protecting my bank account because I know that's not true. Uh, <laughs> but that's right? not
1: true anyway. Right. I
2: mean, I know that's mm-hmm. I, right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, okay. so you know. I, use,
1: I use Zelle. I didn't okay. download Venmo. I don't need any more apps. But Zelle, because it's part of my banking system, the bank that I use also uses Zelle. I have found Zelle, like, miraculously convenient. So, you know, I don't want to talk to you into doing anything you don't want to do, Joel. but I, I, yeah, it just yeah. saves so much time. Yeah, a lot of freelancers and, use it now, yeah.
0: so they get paid right away right. as opposed to billing and everything. It's really a—
1: I just used it last weekend with my friends that I went to my college reunion with. We had—I had paid for the Airbnb, and they just paid me back. Boom. Done. Yeah. So easy. No, yeah, but I know you I know. guys are until, cash people. until
2: the power grid goes down, yeah, and then it's not going to be easy, you know. Well, you and can, then just... you won't have any of that green stuff or the hard currency. Now, where are you going to be? You're well, just going to have this phone that doesn't work, you know. God. I are just you, I you... think it's a slippery slope. <laughs> I, I, you know, I just... okay. all right,
1: yeah. So, are you just stockpiling cash at your house? Is
2: that what you're doing? I, no. Uh, I, Thank you, Liz. Let's let's announce that on a podcast that I'm okay. piling large amounts of cash. No, I am not. Well, but I'm just I, saying I when the power goes group... I am burying large amounts of money in various places. <laughs> no, I am not. That was a joke,
0: people. Okay. <laughs> OK. All right. Well, you know what? You do you, Julie. Mm-hmm. If you want to mm-hmm. go with cash, people always appreciate actual cash, too.
2: Well, uh coming if we go i mean i it's fine but I'll, i'm just saying also some con, uh, consumer advocates say uh, say that this in in effect Venmo Zelle some of there's uh, there's an international one as well uh, they may discriminate against uh, poor customers who don't have smartphones that's true. or don't yes. have credit cards mm-hmm. or bank accounts. So mm-hmm. I, I just before we all launch into this, because it's easier, let's let's do some thinking about it. So, okay. I agree. because keep shoveling. That's, yeah. uh, that's what I'm okay. saying. OK, I shoving.
1: think I think you are the target audience for Bitcoin. Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right.
0: Stay with us because uh, we are announcing the cheeseboarding contest. It's happening. The I'd Rather Be cheeseboarding contest. Uh, you're going to want to stay tuned for that. Also, we have some entertaining sisters unless you have a little Operation Sea Turtle update. But first, we would like to thank a couple of sponsors for their support of Satellite Sisters. sisters. So you get your free consultation, then 50% off at com slash sisters. And prose is spelled P-R-O-S-E, com slash sisters.
1: Thanks, prose. Okay, Leanne, so I want to m- mention something that happens on the Facebook group every weekend. You know, I usually do a post about Just health and wellness and fitness. We call it Operation Sea Turtle because when I originally started this, it was when I was in training for our trip to the Galapagos to be able to swim with the sea turtles. So, you know, for those of you who are members of the group, I love, it's really just people post their own progress reports. Yes, it's fun to read every week. I never post, but I like reading. I think it's very motivating just to read it, and people are trying all kinds of different things. I put in something this weekend about whether I should try... TRX or not? Because it looks—it
2: <laughs> looks like I could hurt myself. Yeah, is that now, why you're that laughing, strap, Julie? Liz, no, yeah. don't do it, Liz. As well, your older sister, I—I just—I'm urging you. Please don't take that up. Well,
1: well, Julie, if you read the Operation Sea Turtle thread, you will see that many of the members of the group are enjoying TRX. But they do mainly point out you should have a trainer with you at all times yes. when you're doing that. Yes. Anyway, so just a little pep talks happening there on the weekend. I want to remind people that's happening. So then I saw this story, and I thought, huh, well, this is something I am never going to do. I might try TRX, but I will never do this. Woman's four-hour plank breaks world record. Okay, now here's how this news story starts. Planks may look deceivingly easy. Well, no, that's not true at all. (laughs) (laughs) But anyone who has tried it will know that it is a true test of total body and core strength. So anyway, there was a world championships, a first international plank training conference in Naperville, Illinois, on May 18th. And Dana held firm for four hours and 20 minutes. Now, I mean part of me is like what what why would you How ever do did that she yeah. do that what?
2: what was she thinking I mean for four hours what, she, what <laughs> I don't know
1: I looked at her Instagram post Julie and she just says I'm so grateful truly if you put the whole of you in what you believe you're gonna make it thank you so I gotta support that sure I do not. I'm never going to attempt any long-term planking. I can do your 30 seconds. I can do a minute. But, hey, I just wanted to say congratulations, Dana. Uh, Welcome to Operation Sea Turtle. That's all. (laughs) I can't even hold planks.
0: Like when the yoga teacher says we're going to hold this for four breaths, I'm like, oh! (laughs) Oh! Yeah, <laughs> and I've been doing them a long time. Yeah, Whew, four hours. Four hours. Can what you are you doing? thinking? Because all what I'm are thinking, you thinking is for those four hours. Right. When can I sit down? Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. It's time for entertaining sisters. Before we get to the cheeseboarding contest. So last week, Liz and I went to a panel here in Los Angeles that was done in a, in advance of the Emmy Awards. TV Mm -hmm. shows do these panels. They're trying to drum up some Emmy votes, some Emmy nominations. And so they put on the dog for people who are voting members of the TV Academy. Liz is a voting member of the TV Academy because she was a former TV executive. Mm -hmm. And I am her plus one (laughs) at some of these events. Yes.
1: (laughs) Only at the tip-top events.
0: I can't vote, but I care. Mm -hmm. And we Mm -hmm. both enjoyed this show, Fosse-Verdon, about Bob Fosse and Gwen Verdon, and their uh, difficult, complex, complicated, creative relationship over the course of 40 years and creating some of Mm -hmm. Broadway's most uh, memorable shows, including Pippin and Chicago. Mm -hmm. So, uh, And we were particularly excited because... The ent- the cast was meant to be there yes. and the executive producers. So mm-hmm. Michelle Williams was going to be there. Sam Rockwell was going to be there. Norman Leo Butts, who played... Norbert. Norbert, Norbert Leo Butts, yeah. Who played uh, Patty Chayefsky was going to be there. It was so there. great in that. And then the executive producers, including Tommy Kail, who did Hamilton, other people, the writers who did mm-hmm. Dear Evan Hansen and the Americans, star-studded. Mm-hmm. And, and Nicole Fossey. And Nicole Fossey, the daughter of mm-hmm. uh, Bob Fossey and Gwen Verdon, who was portrayed in, again, a very difficult portrayal in the film. You know, mm-hmm. she was sort of the product of their neglect and, unfortunately, inherited a lot of her addictions. But she's doing very well now. Mm-hmm. So I would just like to tell people that. So we were excited for this. So excited. Of course— Julie, we got there before the parking lot's even opened.
2: Uh, Our that's biggest... what I like. Before the parking
0: lot. Oh, that, yeah. Yeah. that's yeah. new. That's a new height new. in terms
1: of yeah. earliness.
0: Good, yeah. Good work, sister. And we drove
1: separately. We both got there separately before yeah. the parking lot's opened.
0: Yeah, we had to just drive around Beverly Hills because we couldn't park anywhere because the parking lot wasn't open until a certain hour for this particular event. But. Liz got into line. She found street parking. She mm. was like the number eight person in line. I was Julie. And then we did have to wait like an hour and a half to get in. Uh-huh. And then an hour once we were in there. We didn't care. It was a the beautiful theater. Yeah. I don't care. The, That's yeah, right. you red, late.
2: That's what no, I like.
0: Red carpet. There was a, you know, what is that walk and talk? What's that photo wall called again? Yeah, the, the, uh, the step, step and repeat. And repeat. Yeah. Step
1: and repeat. They were holding this screening and panel, Julie, not at the Television Academy, which is okay but it's kind of not anywhere great. This was at the Motion Picture Academy. So they were really upping the ante because it was the Samuel Goldwyn Theater. It was a little classier than being uh, the... Little television academy.
0: That's right. So classy, you couldn't even bring water into the theater, (laughs) Julie. So I was fairly parched after four and a half hours of standing (laughs) in line and driving around. But and then they came out. They it was full house, twelve hundred people in this theater, so packed. uh, And they said, we're going to screen the final episode. And then the cast and crew will come out. Now, I had literally just watched the final episode like four hours before (laughs) to be ready for the panel. So I watched the episode twice in one Mm -hmm. day. Mm -hmm. The woman next to us, she said, I know I'm going to cry. Does anyone need a tissue? Because, again, she had just seen it. She was
1: blubbering through the entire Oh, I couldn't believe. Well, I could believe it because it's very sad. It's very I also emotional. Already seen the finale, but like two days before, so watching it again, I saw whole different things. Yes. I cried at entirely different points yes. in the episode. Yeah, seeing it the second time.
0: So then they start announcing the guy. The lights go up. They announce the cast. Oh, down or the Eps and the writers come down, mm-hmm. and then they announce Michelle Williams, and she is so fantastic in this show. It is hard to actually underscore how she just became Gwen Fossey. Gwen
1: Verdon. Gwen Verdon.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm not one of those people that watches shows and talks about the acting. I actually yeah. can't stand that. Because I always think, well, without good writing, they got nothing. Yeah. So that's just me as a writer. Uh-huh. But she, her, her performance was so complete. And yeah. she sings and she dances and she throws things and she emotes, and She gets old. And, and she, she ages. Yeah. and yeah. I, It was just an incredible performance. And we weren't the only ones that thought that because – the second she showed her face, every single person stood up and gave her a standing ovation. And she oh, was visibly so nice.
1: moved. Yes. Very visibly emotional about it. And I got to say, I've been to a lot of these panels. I've never seen that happen before, where before it even starts, an individual performer gets a standing ovation. But that's how that audience felt about Michelle's performance in Fosse-Verdon.
0: And that becomes... Intrinsic to
1: the rest of our story, yeah. doesn't it? Now Liz? the complaints begin. <laughs> okay. Why? I just want to say, like, we have a particular perspective on this because we have been on panels where uh, we have been the moderators. And you do that a lot. Do a lot I've done heart. that. We've also been moderated, you right. know, where you and some moderators are good and some moderators not so good. Some are well prepared, some are not well prepared. So we do have strong opinions. On the role of the moderator in conducting the discussion, and th- <laughs> I—we go just so got to well. say, it I did not—it did not go pause. so well.
0: Well, Oops. the moderator failed to ask Michelle Williams a single question about her performance. Can you believe it, Julie? Not one. So, she, so
2: Michelle didn't say anything on the panel. Almost nothing.
1: There were there were a couple. Here's what the moderator. Okay, first rule of moderating. Uh, um, we're just gonna share like. <laughs> Address questions to individual people. Do not do a series... She did a series of vague toss-up questions. And so people would kind of, you know, chime in, awkwardly look at each other and then chime in. It was really lame. Yeah. (laughs) It was really lame. So she did chime in a couple of times. A lot of the discussion was about the theater community in New York. And she told a really charming story about how when she was on TV, which I guess is back in her Dawson's Creek days, that show was filmed in North Carolina... And sometimes she would drive up to New York to see a Broadway play on the weekend and drive home the same weekend. So she had that and she talked a little bit about the production. But, no, she never got asked a question. Actually, neither did Sam Rockwell. No. But, again, standing O when she entered the room, there was no No. (laughs) follow-up. It was.
0: It got to the point, Julie, I know Liz and I were going crazy. Everyone Everyone was going going crazy. crazy. People were like around us going, why doesn't she ask Michelle a question? Because this role was so intricate. Again, she had to dance like Gwen Verdon. It's not like just learn a few soft shoot (laughs) numbers. It's not
2: like you're performing at the senior center uh, like you. (laughs) No, no, exactly. Thank you,
0: Julie. Thank you. Uh, It was just, Mm -hmm. it was almost as if the moderator, first of all, I thought either she's intimidated because she never looked at Michelle Williams' In the face, she never looked her in the eye or addressed yeah, her by name. Yeah, I think name. she was afraid of her. Or like that seemed like such an obvious question, so she was going to ask a question about the role of the O'Toole on Broadway. <laughs> she did ask she that. She asked that question. Or okay.
2: do you do you think? Or do you think maybe uh, maybe Michelle Williams said no questions? Don't ask me any questions on the no. Point. Maybe no. she didn't want. No. No, you don't think. No. It the was whole, lack of preparation. It was,
0: yeah. it, I don't know, we could, it was hard to put a finger on it. I mean, the whole point of this panel was to get these people Emmy nominations. Yeah. That's literally the point of the panel. Mm-hmm. Like, you get them Emmy nominations for their, <laughs> for yeah. their performance. So. So, okay. okay. Now, it now was okay. a great panel and everyone was yeah. charming, but like the question every single person wanted answered never got yeah. asked. Yeah. It was bewildering.
1: Yeah. So here's where it gets awkward, Julie. Yeah. Because then we're all filing out disgruntled grumbling grumbling everyone is grumbling everyone. you know, it's not just us Leanne and i are not the only ones that are kind of a little bit agitated that Michelle williams never got a question about her performance so we're walking up the aisle you're all smashed together you know the the discussion the rumbling the grumbling it's growing it's growing yeah. as we get as we get up to the top of the theater then we're in a little space where everyone has to squeeze through before you exit into the lobby and now we're really just talking in full voice about how how bogus the whole thing was <laughs> Yeah, and it was just at that moment yeah. that we realized, directly in front of us, yeah. two people, two people, two, okay, two people in front of us, uh, the, moderator. the moderator. So, mm, yeah, awkward for her, but yeah. yeah. I don't know. Bell I just justified. decided I officially don't care.
2: <laughs> we weren't the only was ones. It's so. a stay noisy moment, apparently.
0: You just <laughs> I, you know, to let her know. Had we noticed that, I think people yes. would not have said anything, but it was just making people crazy. Yeah. So yeah.
1: it was clearly why they came. Yeah. So it was still super fun. And to her credit, Michelle Williams and San Rockwell and everyone else, they come out and they mix and mingle at the reception. So if you wanted to go up and ask her that question yourself. You probably could have. Right. You know, we chose not to yeah. do that because we were enjoying the pastor dorms. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it yeah. was a super like emotional big night yeah. and we enjoyed being there, but just we did not it, get the total satisfaction. It was, we were yeah, there for. was just, there was, I mean,
0: again, after four hours and everything, and you're like, I just wanted to hear how yeah. she learned how to dance.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I just right. well, Liz, so, you should run a workshop. You should put it up on YouTube. That's the answer: how to be a moderator. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's true though. I mean, mm-hmm. I say that.
0: I, I think it's if you go to pay to go to those conferences and stuff, you probably watch bad moderators who hog the mic, don't ask the questions, haven't prepared. It's just very frustrating. Moderating event is very hard. Mm-hmm. And what the weird thing about this woman was she had thought about the questions. I just yeah, it, but it was nothing normal people wanted to ask. So yeah. that in was... In the context, <laughs> I guess. Right. Okay.
1: Okay, wrap it up. Okay. Geez. Wrap it up. All right. But Fosse-Verdon as a show, like I know that we talked about this last week, so several people, including Jude, posted in the Satellite Sisters Facebook group that it was hard to watch the self-destruction. That was Jude's comment. And I think that's true. It's yeah. a difficult series. Right. And it's difficult material. But it's about, like, of very difficult but like insanely talented people so it's it's not for everyone for sure but i enjoyed it
0: and Liz, just promise
1: me you'll nominate Michelle Williams. For okay, that performance. she's
0: got my vote. She, okay, because you can actually vote. Excellent. All right, now we're on to National Cheese Day and the announcement of the Satellite Sisters I'd Rather Be Cheeseboarding photo contest for Facebook Woo! and Instagram. I mean, people, you practically demanded it. Your yeah. response to cheeseboarding has been impressive. We've been cooking up ideas about what could we do? This seems fun. People seem to enjoy cheeseboarding. How can we build our community around no. cheeseboarding? Jeez. <laughs> you know, there are a lot of divisive issues out there in the world, Liz, but cheeseboarding boarding. not. Apparently not. Nope. Pe- people like to eat stuff off boards. Yeah. It doesn't even matter if it's cheese. It's really a big mm-hmm. open community. So we were already thinking of this, and then we got maybe the most unbelievable email of our entire professional careers mm-hmm. from the people at Cabot Creamery, who <laughs> yes. said, we Oh-huh. saw your posts about cheeseboarding. boarding. <laughs> We would love to be involved. Is there anything we can do mm-hmm. to support your cheese boarding efforts? And we said, Cabot Marie, this is crazy.
1: <laughs> so crazy. We crazy. have put
0: together a fantastic contest for you, the prize of which is I think people should pull over. If you're driving,
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's just true. Stop. If you're, if you're running, di- slow down. Yeah, pull if over. You're if you're drinking something, good, put down good.
1: the cup. We don't want any spit takes when you hear the prize for the contest. <laughs> the prize
0: of which is. A year's worth of cheese, people. <laughs> a year's worth of cheese. And you're wondering, how much is a year's worth of cheese? It's 100 pounds. They are going to ship you four oh, quarterly shipments of 25 pounds of cheese, valued at over $500, yeah. of the world's best cheddar, yeah, I have to say. Best. It
1: is delicious food. It mm-hmm.
2: is I I can't decide which cheddar I like the best. I like I like the cheddar with the horseradish in it. I like the the plain cheddar, the extra sharp cheddar. It's all mm-hmm. delicious. Mm-hmm. All right
0: so let's tell you about the contest first. here's how it's going to work. We want you to post photos of your original cheese boards on Instagram or Facebook. Please, no reposts of professional photos. We'd just like to see your original efforts. Yeah. It doesn't have to be good. <laughs> good. No, we don't care. Yeah.
1: We're not going to be judging them. Right. It's a
0: random drawing. It's a random drawing. Whatever kind of cheese board you decide to make, great. It just has to be your original work. Again, does not actually have to contain cheese, but that's up to you. Mm-hmm. Use the hashtags, Sat Sisters cheeseboarding and hashtag Cabot cheese. If you're on the Facebook group, we're gonna start a thread there. Okay, so just like we're doing with the graduation photos and everything, everyone can post their cheese boards on one thread. Mm-hmm. That would be great. Still use the hashtags Sat Sisters Cheeseboarding and Cabot Cheese. Winners will be drawn randomly from participants, one each from Facebook and Instagram. So two lucky satellite <laughs> sisters or misters are going to get a year's worth of cheese. Oh it's my gosh. insane. Yeah. I mean, where do you see the photo of a year's worth of cheese. You're going to mm-hmm. enjoy it. It's mm-hmm. a fridge full. I mean, you're going to be the house for mac and cheese, paninis, <laughs> mm-hmm. cheese boards all mm-hmm. year long. Uh-huh.
2: Nachos. It's all happening at your place. Yes. Contest
0: dates June 4th through June 25th. Posting June 4th through June 25th. The winners will be announced on our July 2nd show. And, Cabot Creamery will send the cheese directly to you. It does not pass through the Satellite Sisters no. mailbox or the back of Liz's car. <laughs> no. Mercifully, they are going to take care of it. Nope. And this is to celebrate, Cabot is celebrating their 100th year as a farm family-owned cooperative in 2019. Mm-hmm. All Cabot Cheddars are 100% naturally lactose-free. They're all naturally aged. They're naturally gluten-free. And it's a certified B Corporation. I don't know what that means, but they wanted us to say it. So that uh-huh. sounds great. Cabot cheeses have won every major award for taste, and it's going to be fantastic. So it's a reminder. I'd rather be cheeseboarding. On the thread at the Facebook group, if you're not a member of our Facebook group, we'd love to have you. And mm-hmm. then just post your cheese board there or over at Instagram. You can find us at Sat Sisters, so you can enter in both places, but you can't win in both places.
1: Yeah. So, so if you post it on your own account on Instagram, just make sure you use the hashtags. Right. So we can find everybody who has posted the right. photos. Sat Sisters cheeseboarding and Cabot cheese. All the rules and
0: regulations will be on our website at SatelliteSisters.com, and we'll post links to mm-hmm. that link at both the. Facebook group, and at Instagram. Yeah, but if you want to it. see
1: the picture of the fridge full of cheese, that's at SatelliteSisters.com. <sighs> I mean, it's fantastic. That's worth it. It's worth it. Yeah. We literally,
0: we couldn't believe it. When they contacted us, and then we thought, well, maybe they'll send some cheese. You yeah. know, at least a nice cheese board worth of cheese. No, a year's worth of cheese. <laughs> Thank you, Gavin Creamery. They're celebrating all year, Leanne. Yes. It's their 100th anniversary. Yes.
1: We're happy to be in on the farm family celebration.
0: Yes. Thank you so much, Cabot Creamery. And get cheeseboarding, Satellite Sisters. You'd rather be cheeseboarding, and we want to see your efforts. What else? Oh, we have to thank our sponsors for supporting Satellite Sisters. Thanks to Sergio Enriquez for always making our show sound great. Uh, Next week on the show is our Best Beach Bag Books reveal. Yes, I'm excited. Right. It's all books next week, and we're doing a little summer travel. We also have our interview with writer Jennifer Weiner. She's a very popular author. She's so fun and funny, but also has a lot to say. Her book, misses Everything, uh, debuts next week. And so we, we'll have an interview with her the day her book drops. So that's exciting. Mm-hmm. So if you're not cheeseboarding, you can be reading. Uh, you can be reading as part of the Satellite Sisterhood. All right. Um, let's see our to-do list. You know what, Liz? Uh, that shooting in Virginia Beach this weekend really rocked me. Those civil you. servants that it just sounded like a very close-knit office. It's hard to imagine what it was like at that time. So I just want to remind people this weekend on or Friday, the first Friday in June is Wear Orange Day. Wear Orange for National Gun Violence Awareness Day. If you want more information, you can go to wearorange.org.com. But I'm planning on doing it on Friday in memory of those people in Virginia Beach.
1: Good for you, Liam. Yep. Good, Land. My to-do list is totally trivial, in in contrast to Leanne's thoughtful note. Uh, this is the week I write my annual complaint letter to CBS Television, mm. and it's because on Sunday night when they are the Tonys, which I love. Um, The Tonys are tape-delayed in the West. Now, it's so this is the only award ceremony that's tape-delayed. The Oscars, the Emmys, the Grammys, they're all live in the West. And I like watching it starting (laughs) at 5 p.m., especially on a Sunday night. It's kind of an ideal activity at 5 o'clock. So, like, I don't understand why every year we have to tape-delay the Tonys. So every year I write the letter. I've had no impact at all. But there you go. But I will be stay watching noise, the Tonys. Stay
2: noisy, Liz. Maybe maybe, <laughs> maybe this will be the year. Okay, but, but,
1: Julie, what's on your to-do list?
2: Uh, well, I noticed in Brooklyn that every other person is wearing ripped jeans. So I'm getting in on this trend. I, I don't care how old I am. Uh, my question is, do I make my own ripped jeans or do I have to buy them? Yeah, I don't know, but I'm going to find out.
1: Yeah, okay. I don't know. It seems crazy to buy pre-ripped jeans, except... But everybody's I, wearing them. I would maybe never, just a little
2: ripped you know yeah you can do it
1: okay so you're into the ripped jeans but you won't use like electronic money transfer (laughs) that's so interesting it's very it's very revealing what people's limits are (laughs) (laughs) all right
0: uh remember it's hashtag sat sisters cheeseboarding people that's all you need to know all right sisters have a great week you too lean you too lean and don't forget call your satellite
1: sister